Hello and welcome back to Goswick Lane. You may be a little confused and you see this thing in the background that says Uncomfortable Truth. Well, we're just recording in the Uncomfortable Truth studio. If you haven't seen any of those episodes, look those up on YouTube. But today we are on Goswick Lane and we got some special guests here. You'll recognize this guy. Jinty Patel was actually on our last episode and he caught the bug. And he said, bro, <laughs> when can we do it again? It's addicting. It is. It's fun. It, just to unwind and yeah, be able to talk to people for 30 minutes without this going off. Yeah. Do you have that thing on Do Not Disturb right now? I don't want to feel that thing vibrating on this table. Oh, it is now. Okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate you. I want your full attention. Jinty Patel is back with us. I'm super glad to have you again. Thank you. We had a uh, very successful episode with you last week. A lot of good content. If you watched that one, I'm sorry about the lighting. It was terrible. It was my fault. I know you guys probably saw it. That was a terrible, terrible lighting. I was the videographer. It was hey, terrible. It, it turned out well. It's it fun. turned the contents there. We got Bailey Gregg. Bailey's been in the real estate industry for four months. We'll get into his story. And we got Tyler Owens. Tyler's been in the real estate industry for five years and does some other stuff as well. Tyler, are both of you guys at Ramsey Realty with with Genty? Okay. So you guys are at the the best the best brokerage in town, right? That's, That's right. right. That's okay. Right. All right. They run it. They run a tight ship over there, don't they? They do. That's awesome. Let's get into it. What do y'all want to talk about today? Anything that you want to talk about? Well, I'm not the real estate guru here, <laughs> and we're talking about real estate and business. Why don't you introduce these two guys, Genty? Since you've been on the show before, people kind of know you. Um, give me your take on, on these two dudes sitting here and what you know about them. So I actually recruited Bailey. Uh, he was working in the oil field, called me probably about a year and a half ago. Uh, he, he asked me, really, he wanted to buy some rentals and flip a house. And uh, I kind of talked him off the flipping house thing. That was when the market was crazy. Okay. And uh, I convinced Keep him to um, sell his house. And now he's building the new construction house. So he's fresh in. Uh, ready to do it, very eager, uh, high speed, kind of like me, you know, just ready to go, uh, always ready to do stuff. And, and do you leave a trail of destruction behind you like Genty does because well, you're going so fast? Well, I try to mop up as best as I can. Okay, okay. Are you mopping up his trail of destruction as well? well? Yeah, trying, okay. to, trying to follow Genty around like the puppy so, dog. And I, I say that lovingly with the trail of destruction. You're just going so fast. Sometimes you don't really leave a trail of destruction. He's very, you're very detailed for as fast as you go. I, I mean, I feel like I am, but uh, they, they all, everybody in the office makes fun of me because I'm walking circles. Yes. I mean, Literally. That, pa- that pavement, I'm just walking. And some of them want to sit in and listen, and I don't even think about it. Today we made a joke that uh, I was talking to a client this morning, prospective buyer, and um, Bailey said, well, I couldn't understand what he's saying. He's walking all around the building. Yeah. He said, you're going to have to chase me around with a notepad. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Tyler, uh, he actually was working at Ramsey. He started a couple months before you. Yeah. And uh, Tyler's young. He's he's good. He's, he's a hustler, too, working multiple jobs. Got into the building industry and really killing it there. Awesome. And also sells a lot of real estate. So, um Andy worked for his family business for a long time doing both, and that's really hard. Any agents out there that work double time, I mean, you're trying to manage your day job yep. and manage uh, clients. And then at one point, I think you were doing all three. It's yeah, a lot of expectations. A bit, yeah. It's a lot of expectations. 
I want to start with you, Bailey. Okay. You're new. Yep. What's your experience been so far? You've been four four months in, right? We've talked about yep. this. Yeah, about four months as a as a new agent. Okay. Um, like I said, I transitioned from a oil field job, so it's a lot different pace starting out in a totally different industry as a as a new agent came in at the end of the year. Um, I started off a lot better than I thought I was going to. I started off with a listing. Okay. Um, half million dollar listing, sold it first week. So, it where'd that listing come from? I think that's important. So, it was a referral from a friend. It okay. was a friend of a friend. Okay. One thing. Um, so that turned out pretty good, and that kind of sparked it up. Um, I sold one point one million last month. Okay. I had six closings last month. Um, I'm double siding one deal that I'm hoping to close by the end of the year. Nice. So it started out pretty good. I should close explain it double siding for people out there that don't know. Um, so when you double side. You start out as a listing agent, and then you also bring the buyer to the table. So you okay. represent both sides. Also, you get double commission, right? Or, yep. or maybe yep. close. I don't know how your pay structure well, is. Well, and, and most of the time, agents don't do that. And so if you're able to double side, it means that you have the resources to, to buy and sell it. Or if somebody's called in, and you were able to flip them uh, to buy that yeah. property, where a lot of agents can't do that or don't do that a lot of yeah. your sales per year what percentage of them do you double side oh, just guess 30 percent probably okay that's is that i would expect that to be uh, high very i would say that's probably very yeah, that's high. okay and of what was i going to ask you of that double side we'll get back to it keep keep going with your <laughs> with your um your experiences yeah. in your first couple months so it's it's been great. Like I said, it's a nice change of pace. Um, what did you do in the whole field? So I was a pipeline inspector. I did okay. cathodic protection and uh, AC okay. mitigation. Gotcha. Just of it is you put electricity on the pipe, I install it, and it protects the pipe from corroding. Okay. You, um, you like real estate, you know, what pros and cons from going from that to real estate industry? Man, I like it. Yeah. I'm more of a natural salesman. I, I kind of always flip things. Um I think my favorite thing about real estate is more or less you're your own boss. You can limit yourself or you can maximize yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're really the only person that can stop you from yeah. moving any further. If you do great, you you did yeah. it. Yeah. If you I mean, there's, are terrible, you did it. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's no cap on success. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was my favorite part about it. So that's kind of why I decided to jump in it when I did. I kind of came in at the kind of at the end of the big boom, but yeah. I came in kicking and I was strong. Yeah. I think I've done a lot better than I plan to do so far. That's good. So. That's good. Yeah, no, I think you've done great so far. Yeah. Four months in and already sold that. It's really it's really good. So I'm I'm enjoying it. Good. Good experience so far. So And right. he just bought four new doors. Yeah, I did. Oh now I, you're an investor. I am. He's yeah. hooked. I, All uh, right. I bought two <laughs> sets of duplexes here in Longview. Okay. Um, at the same time. So working All on right. getting those straightened out and you have renters in them yet? So there was already tenants in them. Um I've got one that has moved out. I should have it rented by the end of next week. I've okay, processed good. applications this weekend. Um, so it's it's been a good start. I kind of jumped in head first in the yeah. real estate industry. Yeah, you did. So. I mean, you might as well. You're going well, to build wealth through that. I like to be a wide open person. I like to be as busy yeah. as possible. So, Well, and let's not forget, Tyler just bought his first set. Oh, he did, yeah. Tyler, you just bought your first set? Yeah. Both and, of them. And you're like, you're like scaling up, right? Yeah. He's Tell moving us. quick. Yeah, tell us about um, let's let's walk through like you've been in, in real estate five years. Mm-hmm. You also have had a construction company for two or three years. Yep. And now you're buying real estate. Yep. Do you sleep? 
or do you like this guy? I feel <laughs> no, like I mean, he's like a vampire. I, I don't that call, can walk around during the day. I don't call him often, but if I was to call him at eleven or twelve o'clock at night, I'm sure we'd both still be up working. Yeah, yeah. So what's uh, five years you've been in real estate? Yeah, tell me about your your experience and and the ups and downs and how you've handled that. So when I first started, the market was good. I mean, it was it was decent. Um, and then these past two years have been crazy. Um, and then as of now, it's kind of slowing down, slowing down a little bit. But here recently, I had three or four under contract, and all I, I want to say it was I don't know how many it was, but they they all just fell out so okay. during inspection period. One, the uh, interest rate went up a little bit, yep. so knocked my buyer out of. Uh, I was actually double siding that deal, knocked the buyer out of it. Seller decided to keep it um, as a rental for right now, um, so it, it's been crazy overall. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that, um, Genty. I'm sure you have some experience with this. The ups and downs of real estate. Thinking you have a deal and you're selling a deal and you're about to, you know, you, you're about to make a pretty pretty good commission check, and then all of a sudden it falls through. That plays with your emotions. It can. How do you guys deal with that? I mean. Uh, I deal with it by there's been plenty of deals and I refer it to doing CPR in a deal. There's been plenty of deals that have been dead. There's been deals, I think with me and you that yeah. have been dead. Yeah. But you have we, to, con- we got one right now that we <laughs> thought might've been dead. That came back alive. That might've been dead. That now it's alive. And, I always tell people yeah. you have to work those deals. Yeah. We call them Frankenstein deals. I, I mean, I just call them the deals that come back from the, the dead, yeah, they have do not resuscitate on them, and I'm gonna keep doing CPR on them until they come back. <laughs> and somebody is standing it like you're the doctor on top of the person in the hospital, and you're doing CPR, and the doctor's like, "No, that's uh, he's gone." That's you're like, not- "No, he's not gone. <laughs> he's still here." But you're right; it can play with your emotions. Like Tyler, I mean, that can get you down. If you have three properties that you have under contract yeah, and they fall rough. out, that's rough. That that can, but he's not gonna let that get to him because. Yeah. People are always going to need to sell property. Yeah. They're relocating investors. Um, I pended three deals this week, and mm-hmm. rates moved uh, half a point um, or a quarter a point probably. Yeah. So the general consensus is, yeah, the interest rates are high, but they're not that high if mm-hmm. you look at it. Um, because in the next year and a half to two years, they're going to come back down and settle. And yeah. so – um, with that being said, I think that you have to I always tell people it's not closed until you get a check in your hand or you hand over the keys. Yeah. One, because all these guys can tell you it can end the day before closing. Mm. Even at the closing table. Yes. At the closing table. Have you had one hap- have you had one of those happen before that ended at the closing table? I have not had one that ended at the closing table, but I've had one that ended the day of closing we ended up getting it back to closing, but those are rough. Those stress you because then every other file that you're working on, it gets put on hold. Yeah. You're working that one to get it closed. And most, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, that most of the reasons that something would end at the closing table is emotional between the buyer and the seller or emotional between the seller where you have a couple that may not be seeing eye to eye or the buyer. Is that Would that be the truth? That financing. Okay. Coffee. Okay. Well, when you were selling my house, I mean, we didn't have anything fall through, but the morning of, we were supposed to close. The buyer did their final walkthrough, and the water pressure wasn't sufficient enough okay. um, to them. 
and uh, we had to push closer back silly. until it got until it got fixed. Yeah, it it really it really was, and honestly, what it was was, and Bailey knew exactly what it was. It was calcium uh, built up on. It was one of those square, like uh-huh. rain shower heads. Yeah, and so he said, "Look, I'll fix it." He just got all the calcium off of it that's, that's all, all that it was, it was. Yeah. yeah but i, I mean, mean it, it pushed us back you, and you're the real estate agent that's going in and fixing those like <laughs> this is not like look look this is not well, he was deal. he was the buyer going in there oh you're the buyer he, I, okay. I was the seller i, was okay. the I mean seller, seller. he was okay. the seller fixing fixing that situation okay. and you know they've already moved out so the last thing we want to do is have a hiccup the day before yes yeah. so one thing that i consistently talk about with people that i'm you know going through business deals with or mentoring possibly is consistency wins. When you're in the game and you're visible and you're consistent, whether those deals fall through or they go through, you're going to win as long as you stay consistent. And part of being consistent is not allowing our our emotions to be dictated by our circumstances. Right. You got a deal fall through. Now, the flip side of that is if we do let our emotions be dictated by our circumstances, you get a deal fall through, you go into a baby depression for a week and a half, you don't meet any buyers, you don't meet any sellers, you don't go have lunch or coffee with anybody that right. you're, you're you know working with. All those things happen. Now more and more stuff falls through. You get behind two weeks from where you should have been. If we don't let our, our circumstances dictate our emotions, now it's like, hey, it's a deal. You know, have have a morning period if you need to for five or ten minutes, rock and roll, and move on. That's really hard to do. It's really hard to also not tire our emotions to money, which kind of goes back in with closing deals, right? So if we're tying our emotions to money and a deal falls through or anything in our life, we get an unexpected bill that we don't know how we're going to pay, especially as you guys, we're all investors sitting in this room now. That's hard. And you get a $5,000 tax bill that maybe you didn't plan for. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, any anything that you get. I mean, he he bought these couple sets of duplexes. You know, the the rents he thought were going to be due on the first. They were due on, on the fifteenth, and then yeah. they didn't have leases, so I didn't know. And people, it's it's been a. I've had a few hiccups, but like, okay. like you said, it's one of those deals. I mean, when you get you get knocked down, you can't stay down and cry about it. You got to mm-hmm. get back up and take off running and and run through the wall full blast. Yeah, I mean, we if we do that, if we allow that to happen. That's an emotional roller coaster that is not healthy, you know. Right. And, no, I, and we've all been there. Right. We've all been there. We've all been in moments to where that happens and it does knock us down. But are we learning from it? Construction. You've been five years in real estate. Two or three years ago, construction started. What's it been like managing both of those going on at the same time? So I went, I actually started whenever the construction hit an all time high. Yeah, we were building a house at the same time <laughs> that we put on hold for a couple months. So that was that was not fun at all. Um, I ended up selling that house for less than I should have. Yeah. Because the lumber bill came in at the end, and it oh. was, and it was probably thirty, forty grand more than mm-hmm. I already budgeted high. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this was thirty or forty grand more at the very end that I got the final lumber bill, and I was like, holy crap, mm. this is <laughs> this hurts a little bit. That's rough, dude. I remember that same scenario. We're building a house, and we get our lumber package uh, bid, and it's uh, ninety grand, a hundred grand. I think it was ninety. And six months before that, it would have been 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we said, nope. And we waited about three or four months, and it came back down to about 55, which right. was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the game, right? But 
five year five years ago that lumber bill would have been forty. Yeah, and you're now, right. And now you're talking about the same house for one ten, or a hundred hundred thousand dollars in just your lumber costs. Inflation. Buddy of mine told me today, just speaking on inflation, uh, get ready for your insurance rates to go up. Oh yeah, yeah, big, I've, big I've time. Already heard that. Yeah, I've, yep. already, I've already seen them too. Okay, my insurance got uh, Donovan Insurance. You know that's who we mm-hmm. run everything through. He. He said, yeah, you, you better get ready. Yeah. It's going up. Geico, across the board, 60% increase. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the one I heard. But they're all going up. And it's 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 not, you know, they're not paying out more claims, especially um, the guy that I was talking to in this area. It's just inflation. Yeah. Right. Everything's up. What's next? You tell us. From a, from a customer perspective, from a potential client or a client, were you calling potential clients until you get to that close? No, they're your client because okay. I mean, ideally, most of the time, you, you if if you, if I'm working with a buyer, I don't normally do buyer rep agreement. My brokerage doesn't like that, but okay. because that's not a smart way to do it. But I feel like if if you're my buyer and you're comfortable with me, then um, I shouldn't have to have you sign a buyer rep agreement. You're going to stay with me right. because I'm yeah. doing my job. Yeah. Right? So, so do you view me as a client? Or, yeah. or some. What well, if I don't want to be viewed as a friend, client? Friend and client. Okay, I'd rather just be viewed as a friend that you find crap for me for. <laughs> I, it, whatever, I'm kidding. Well, and 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 so you have to um, kind of manage that. And I I tell Bailey too because he's newer and, and and the newer agents can get you know got by a, yeah. a, a buyer. You know, there's certain clients that'll go out there and they know their agents out of town, so they'll call Bailey, who's the listing agent, let him show it, and then write the offer through there. <laughs> Their agent, which the consumer, they don't know. Yeah, but it, it does happen. I mean, it happened on the first the first listing that I had when I came home. You know, I was literally brand new as an agent. Yeah, and I just popped this half million dollar listing out, and the potential buyer calls me, wants to see it, so I schedule it. About an hour later, an agent calls me, wants to schedule at the same time. Yeah, so already kind of tricky. And I was like, uh, so I called the buyer back. I was like, hey, y'all don't have a realtor by chance, do you? Oh yeah, we do have a realtor. Okay. And I was like, well. Let them I do it. I can't show it to you, and that yeah. was his realtor that was scheduling it with me. Okay, so that's that's very interesting. So, if you are a buyer or a seller out there, understand the perspective of your real estate agent that's going to put a lot of work in for you on both sides of that deal, if you want them to, or one side of the deal that it's uh, you may not think it or even realize it because they've never gone through it before. But it kind of it's sliding your realtor if you do something like that. So just be aware and be. Um, uh, considerate of their time um, when you go into a deal. If you want them to do both sides, have them do both sides. Um, I don't prefer, you're the only guy that I've ever been okay with doing both sides of the deal, and I'm speaking as an investor here. Right. Um, from a buyer's perspective, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong here, I feel like there's there's a, it'd be a hard time for you to be unbiased on both sides of that. So let's let's go some pros and cons here. I know y'all I know it's great to sell both sides of that deal. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you stay if you're selling both sides, how do you stay unbiased from buyer to seller and back from seller to buyer? Well, I mean, you really have to. Tyler's worked a bunch of these deals, uh, Bailey has too. You know, Per our license, we have to be a neutral party. And so mm-hmm. I'm not shy to tell you. I've had people say, well, you know what they'll take. Yeah. I do know what they'll take. Right, I'm not but telling I'm not going to tell you. Because it's not worth my license to tell you what it is. Also, yeah. it's not ethical. 
Yeah. Why, why am I going to tell you something? Um, you know, I, your I, job is to get the most money you can for your seller. Correct. And, and represent the buyer with their best interest. Right. And so we, we have to give facts, not opinions about it. We can't okay. say, well, you know, Joe will take 10,000 less. You can't, you can't do that. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like if it's, if it was me being the seller yeah. or, or buyer, I, I wouldn't want to do that either. That's not fair. Yeah. And we've, you and I have done a couple of deals where you represented mm-hmm. both sides of that. And I've always felt like you rode that line well mm-hmm. of like, I'm not going like we're friends yeah, and we talk quite a bit, Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm going to stay here in the middle. Right. Neutral. I'm representing you and I'm going to stay here in the middle. And that, that's, I think that's a pretty big, big talent. And it's a, I say talent, you put it in ethical terms. Um, but I, I think it's important. Like if you can do that really unbiasedly, then, then you're a, a top tier agent. Guys, Ty, I want to go Ty, ahead. Oh, I was going to ask Tyler, have you ever had anybody ask you on a, on a double oh, side? Yeah. yeah. I usually tell people up front though. I'm only telling you facts. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I can't. I can't tell you stuff like he that. does the same thing. You just okay. become. I mean, you just become the middleman. You're almost the messenger between yeah, right. the seller and the buyer. All right, guys. Here's here's a good one. What is the worst? Without, I don't want any names or any property addresses or anything like that. We don't want to. We don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But what is the worst experience you've ever had with selling or buying a house? Tyler can go first. I gotta, I gotta think about that for a second. I okay, had, um, Bailey, you got one. So, are you referring as an agent, or like even before we were agents, specifically as an agent? So, I've only been doing it for like, you know, obviously about four months. <laughs> yeah. Um. Probably the deal that I'm working now. Mm. It's oh it's, no. an, it's okay. So it's an absolute nightmare. Okay. Um, Does the customer know? Does your client know that it's a nightmare? They know. Is they this, know. This is if so, they watch this. So I, I, I can I can say confidently I can give a scenario and it's not going to be a problem. Okay. So it, it's it's more or less an investment property. It's four acres outside city limits. It's got a uh, trailer house and about a five hundred square foot here in Bainbridge Home. Okay. Both inhabitable. The tenant, okay. It's currently tenant occupied. Not taken care of. Um, it's just it, it needs quite so a bit just, of work. You're just buying some dirt if you buy Pre- this. Pretty much. So. Listed way too high. Um, Finally got it under contract. The neighbor's trying to buy it. Um, Tenants have to be out. Seller doesn't want to evict the tenants, and it's just one thing after another, and it has turned into a complete nightmare. I've been working this deal for like two months, and we'll be lucky to close by the end of the year. Okay. So, And this is the first one I'm double-siding, so I'm lots of new experiences. <laughs> which, which like we talked about earlier, luckily I'm at Ramsey, and I have Genty in my yes. in my corner, so he's he's a lot of help and gives a lot of guidance. But Absolutely. This That's is good. great learning experience. I, Welcome I to the club, Bubba. I'm, I'm loving it. Welcome to the I'm club. To and win it. these experiences are are. Tools in your tool belt. They are. They for, are. It's going to happen again yeah. if you stay in it long sure. enough. I know. I mean, you've been you've done a lot of deals, man. You've done a lot of hundred deals. deals this year. Already. I I have, and I I don't think that I can think of one in particular. I can Liar. tell you a couple different scenarios that have happened, and 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 probably the worst, probably the worst deals because there's multiple. Can I guess? Well, that's not in a year. <laughs> no, no, no. Can I guess what this, a scenario of a worse deal would be? Okay, yeah. I'm going to put it under the umbrella of divorce. That is one of them. That's okay. correct. Okay. Because you're having to navigate through and w- with people that are 
making those changes in their life. And you have to be careful what you say to one another. Yeah, because, that's a terrible time for somebody. It, right. It's a terrible it, time. Especially if the divorce is pretty bad. Yeah. Right. And they're not communicating. You're having to go to Sally and ask her what she wants, and then John to ask him what she wants, and then you're you're a mediator. And if, right. they, if they don't agree on anything, it gets even worse. Mm. And it can, it can cost the deal. Most of the time it doesn't because you're able to navigate through it and say, look, let's not get emotions in this deal. The object is for you guys, and I've told this time and time again, well, what is your object? Well, I don't want to deal with that person anymore. Yeah. This is the last tie that deals that, right. that puts you two together. What's the main goal here? To sell so the house and, let, and be done. Let's sell the house. And you have a lot of cash on the line. If you wait a year or dra- drag this out, this market could change. Let's get Very this done likely. now. Yeah. But yeah. The, probably the worst, other than divorce, is when you have deaths. Because then you have heirs. Okay. And then you have multiple things. There are people there that probate stuff in involved in that and lawyers and all that? Probate, airship affidavits, however it's done. A lot of people don't have wills. And so yeah. that throws it into an airship affidavit, and once they fill it out, and if there's four heirs, then they have to contact all those people, and yeah. they may be entitled to a portion of the proceeds, and that person didn't know. So hiring an agent in, in that category is very key because then I have to go to work. Yeah, you you really have to go to work. Right. That's a good advertisement for getting a will. Get a will. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. So, um, not – not to make these guys' lives easier, to make your life easier for your loved ones or for, to make your loved ones' life easier when that does happen. Because people, when they see dollar signs, and not everybody. comes out. Yeah, and you get, it's, money's just a multiplier, right? <laughs> we all know that. Money is a multiplier of what's in your heart already. And if, if there is some illicit stuff in there already, it's going to multiply it. If you're just golden to the core, it's going to multiply it. You don't want your family fighting over dollars when you die. You do not want your death to separate your family. I'm assuming that you don't. Get a will. It solves that. Tell, tell them what to do with the money when you die. Well, it makes it, it just makes it so much easier. Like I said, not on the real estate agents, but on the families, because I've seen so many people split, get really greedy, and, and I have to tell them, you know, look, this is just money. Yeah. Let's let's figure this out and get through it and then, you know, make it to where it's not damaging. And you as an agent, I, and I've seen you do this and I've heard you while you're on the phone doing some of these tough deals, you don't go up with them. And mm-hmm. you don't match their emotional level. You don't go down with them. You literally, like, as a real estate agent, other than taking your real estate courses and getting your license, if you're going to go back to school and get some other stuff, you you, you might want to take a psychology class. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're human punching bags, and uh, also, you know, I tell people all the time, well, you know, I, I will, I only charge six percent, but for counseling, it's going to cost about two hundred yeah, per yeah, hour. Yeah, so this, you better. This is expensive. <laughs> this is expensive. Well, like you said, money is a multiplier. Whether it's a divorce or you know a death in the family. We deal with people that are trying to make money, and we deal with people that are trying to get the best deal and save money, and, mm-hmm. and that does bring the worst out of people, especially when they don't get the deal they feel they deserve. And you're walking through an experience with somebody that is typically the most money that they'll ever spend or earn. Yeah, yeah, biggest asset in their life. Yeah. Right. 
It's and like there's 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 like three there's like a list of three things that are hard to deal with with people. It's like you know, selling their house or, or buying a house, politics and kids. Like if you have businesses that deal with those three things, <laughs> get ready for some you know riding riding through some emotional roller coasters with people. Did you talk about your worst experience? Did no, you think so of one? Going off of Genties, I don't know if you remember this one. I had this oh is, I this, do. This is one of the, I was probably six months in. Oh, you're new, man. This yes. is this well. Is we fun. both were yeah. okay, but this new. one, I think this one took five months to close. Oh, sixteen heirs in this. Oh, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was a will. I can't remember that far Goodness. back. Sixteen. It, this this form had to go around to sixteen people all over the U.S. to get them to sign it. That way, they could sign off on the house. Yeah, I'm, thankfully, my buyers were patient on it. Yeah. They wanted this house, had the acreage for them and everything, but man, it was a uh, it was a nightmare. That's tough, and th- that's what like landmen that uh, yeah. oilfield landmen that's what they deal with all the time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that job. Man, my parents bought uh, sixty four acres, sixty four sixty eight acres in Elysian Fields uh, eight or ten years ago, and um, it was land that we our family had leased for cows for probably twenty years. And my parents decided they want to buy it, and there ended up being, I think, 17 or 20 heirs or somewhere in there. And so, basically, they had to get a lawyer to do all that digging and work and get everybody to sign. And then they had to sell, or the lawyer had the option, instead of getting paid to do that, to buy half of the land. Um, but it was a process. <coughs> that took about a year. Oh, wow. <coughs> That's pretty nuts. And most of those do. I mean, you dealt with uh, the, an investment deal that took a while. I think yeah. you showed it to me, and it took, you know, six months to get that deal closed because you kind of had the same situation. You found that one on your own. Which you uh, and your wife. Talking about Methvin? No. Um, Richfield. Yes. Yep. So that one took a little bit of time. That was an emotional, most of the deals as an investor. I'm looking for deals, um, especially right now with the rates being up, I'm looking for deals that are – just like jam up, no doubt deals, because we know, you know, interest rates up, you're going to pay more for it in monthly. Uh, like you said, though, it's going to come down. You can refinance, but our buy box right now is just those insane deals. But well, the, go yeah, ahead. You go ahead. That's an emotional process. A lot of the ones that we find are an emotional process for the seller because it's like, hey, my husband died and I'm moving, or, you know, I'm old and I'm attached, but I'm going to a nursing home. Um, things like that, and you're walking the seller as the buyer. If you don't have an agent, you're walking the seller through this emotional detachment process. And that one took, I think, a it was year. A while. I think it took a year to close. It was a while. Wow. Also bought a truck from her, Yeah, and that took a year. <laughs> yeah. There was a uh, 2017 F-250 sitting in the driveway when we went and looked at the house, and I said, well, what are you doing with this truck? And she said, it was my brother's, and he passed away, and uh, it Took me a year to. It, it was a long time, yeah. That yeah. that truck had a lot of dust on it. Yes, because I ask you, hey, what are they doing with that truck? Yeah, I'll buy it's it. Just, it's just you're like, no, that's, I'm no, buying that truck. I'm buying that truck. <laughs> that's it, it. Yeah, it only it had 17 model. Only had like 35 thousand miles on it when I got it. It was clean, clean, it's, clean. It's clean. It's the one sitting out there. But those deals just take a long time because you are being. And my wife's really good at this. So like, this is her forte when we find a deal and we have to go through this emotional process. She's a really good counselor. Yeah. And that's making them feel comfortable about letting it go because y'all are actually, and there's a lot of investors who are, who I'm not going to say don't care, but 
you know, they're just out to do the dollar. Y'all actually care about people. And I've heard you say before, you know, look, I, I told them this. I'm not yeah. going back on my word. I, I'm, I'm going to do what I told them. Yeah, and it's, yes, and they want to see, a lot of times they do want to see that house be turned around. Right. And they want to see, like, the idea of a family living there and, and, and loving environment and all those things. They want to see that. And they want to see it turn from what it was to something that's really nice. And if we do tell them that we're going to do that, we do it. Right. There's some that we don't say that and we just turn it and flip it. But um, I feel I would feel really bad if, if I just told him I was going to do something and, and didn't do it. Let's jump. Do you have something else to say about that? Oh, I was just going to comment, comment on, you know, these two guys just bought their first rentals and you oh, said, yeah. you said, um, I heard you say that, Hey, we're just buying the good deals, but you have to look at it like this again on interest that if it's not all about that interest because the tenants paying your investment, right? And so yes. if the interest two points higher, who's paying it? It doesn't matter. You're right. Yeah. Okay. They are. And so if you can get the amount that you need, right? Right. So I agree, but also sometimes don't agree with people because if you want a, the asset and you're trying to build up and you kind of wait out and hold till you get a good deal, yeah. You're never going to get a good deal. You're right. You have to be act you have to be actively searching and and you you know, I, I think you still need to create your buy box. Right. Of like for you, what you're doing is you're you're working on your your basically your generational wealth. Right. Um, your retirement or whatever you want to call it. And you're okay. Uh somebody said the other day, marry the house, date the rate. Right. Whatever. I've heard that like, a lot. Yeah. Um and you're okay because you know, okay, the the tenant's gonna cover that. We're gonna cash flow this amount every month and I'm okay with that. And then in two years, uh, we're going to refinance. And then in five years, I'm going to have this much equity in this house. Right. Yeah. If you're playing that game, then yeah, I think so. Well, you, and your game's a little bit different than what, what we're more of the long term. Yeah. You're short term. And so, you 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 know, the, those things do matter. But um, I always just tell people, hey, if you if it feels good yeah. in your gut, buy it. And you got to know your market, right? Yeah, and you guys, y'all really. I mean, y'all are entrenched in that because you're buying and selling in this market. So, what are you looking at, Tyler, when you're looking at like now um, that you're getting into the investment and Bailey hopping there next? Is what are you looking for on in a, a real estate investment? So, I would say one of my problems, touching on what you said though, uh, the buy my buy box was way too small i was looking for two good of deals yeah and they just weren't coming up yeah and i was probably looking for i'd say probably three or four years okay so it was wait like, hold up was that your buy box was too small or you just weren't ready to commit like uh, fully both. okay yeah i mean i was just looking for too good of a deal that okay. wasn't coming it up wasn't there the, yeah Tyler's it was never going to come. Tyler's way too cheap. Okay. okay. Uh, both of these guys are too cheap. Okay. We had a conversation on the way over here about <laughs> Ghost Energy. If you would like to sponsor, we would greatly appreciate that. Wait, what is it? <laughs> that's got Sour Patch in it? Oh, bro. Sour Patch, Blue Raspberry. This is this is in. This he, is the that's new. like, listen, that's like what my eight-year-old would drink if I let him drink it. <laughs> he drinks that all day, literally okay, so the same one. I drink like two a day. Okay. So Tyler has... Let's talk about your, your health. Yeah, okay, go <laughs> He's quit drinking energy drinks because he doesn't want to spend the $5 a day. On not because they're not healthy, because yeah. he doesn't want to spend the $5 a day. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't a health conscious <laughs> no, it, decision. No, no, it's no. just a financial conscious decision. 
Man, I, that's a good point. Like with inflation, and we're getting off the real estate train here, but stuff costs so much now that you're actually starting to um, think about every dollar that goes out. Right. 100%. You know, when our parents were growing up, and you know, specifically like our parents, their age group, they didn't do have all the things that we have now as far as services to offer them their time back. Right. And if they did... They didn't use it. My my dad changed his oil in his truck and his cars. He fixed his own vehicles. Um, if something, you know, if a fence needed to be repaired on the on the farm or for the cows, they did that. If if a cow had to be put down and slaughtered or whatever, they did that. Like right. there wasn't all these if they wanted a hamburger, they cooked a hamburger, they didn't go to McDonald's. Go. Know. I mean DoorDash. What are you talking about? Go. Yeah, DoorDash you don't have King to, right here. You don't even have to go anymore. <laughs> Now, there's a certain point where you hit a certain level that I think those things are necessary because you're you're buying your time back. Right. right? That's what I tell people that, you know, if I DoorDash something to the office or, or whatever, I'm like, I, I have to get this done. Yeah. So it's either pay five bucks or go out and fight the crowd for 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's time versus money. Yeah. And, uh, you, and you understand that if you're going out, you need to be intentional about your time that, Maybe you are going to a lunch with somebody, but it's not about the going to lunch. It's about the with somebody. Right. And a lot of times I go to lunch by myself. If I if I have the time, yeah, I go and sit by myself because I never. You need to. Get. You need to quiet. Do you ever get anxious about all the stuff that you have going on or what you have to do that day? Sometimes, but I found that I write things down yeah and so i spearhead it you know yeah i'm i'm writing it down i'm marking it off literally mm-hmm. uh of that schedule and i feel like that helps me not be as anxious about what i need to get done because okay. i'm marking it off my list yes it's a yeah, big it's a big deal yeah and i do the same thing i just do it in my reminders and then i just delete it once i yeah once i finish it off is it? Genty is a religious calendar book guy. He carries the calendar book with him that is day by day, I hour love it. by hour of the day, and he is religious. As soon as he's on the phone, he's writing it down. Yeah, I love <laughs> he, it. Literally. Yeah. Well, and it helps me remember. That's yeah. the big thing. I forget to put stuff in my calendar all the time just because I get busy, and then I miss. I and that's miss the stuff that you forget. Yes. No. You don't. You don't. <laughs> well, that's it. why I write it down on that book. I had something in my calendar yesterday on my phone uh, that it was in my calendar, and I was so busy I didn't see the reminder is my kids play at school like these are oh, things that I don't ever yeah remember. that's it that's that's that, that could be a bad one I don't ever miss I never miss these type of things yeah. fortunately I'm very very thankful for that but I missed it and I was like oh my gosh did you sleep on the couch that night no my, <laughs> Shane likes taking naps during the day don't let him lie I do I took a nap uh what's today Friday I took a nap Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday this week. Today's a perfect day to take a nap. Rain. Nice rainy day. We're about to head out to Dallas, so there's no nap unless Mama drives to Dallas. Mm-hmm. What time we got? All right. Just cross. Y- y'all want to do one more? Or y'all got to go. We can do one more. All right. Hey, we're going to end this one right here, but hop back in with us on the next episode. I want to get into a few things with these guys on the next episode. One, as if you're a potential customer or if you're looking to buy or sell a house, what are some things that you would need to know going through that process? And two, I really want to dive into the optimizations of a real estate agent and and what you guys are doing and what you feel like you can do better. Thanks for being here today. We really appreciate you. Remember, love God, love others, and let your work reflect that. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>